some visitors, so uh, I hope you guys are enjoying yourself. We really love to have uh, visitors, and that doesn't mean we don't love the folks that come every week. We do. I just want to tell you, but it's always good to see new faces, and today is a message that I believe is going to talk to each of our hearts. I know as a community, I know as a, a church family, and just in general, we all have experienced a lot of loss here lately. It's, it's in the news. It's in our lives. It's in our, in our families, and the Lord just laid this on my heart this week to, to really just to come together and realize that we're not alone. And I tell you what, I don't know what it is. I guess it's because of the way God created us. It's something about even if we're going through a tough time, if we're not going through it alone, we can just keep on moving forward. But I want to tell you what, even when everything else is stripped away, God will never leave you alone. Amen? So with that being said, I want to share a few things and uh, jump right on in. If you guys got your notes, got some good notes for you guys to share today to encourage you throughout the week. So I want to talk off, just start off just telling that we're not alone, but I'm so grateful for my brothers and sisters not only here, but around the globe. You realize what you do here has such an impact on so many lives. I cannot tell you the number of funerals that I've done in the last several weeks. And because of what God has allowed us to do here through Facebook and through YouTube and some of the things, so many people say, hey, man, I watch you online. Hey, man, I watch you online. Well, that's great. It's not a buddy thing. It's a God thing. Because I know if they're watching online, they're hearing the message because you know what? That is our prayer. Every time the cameras come on, every time the Bible opens, every time the door opens, Lord, we want to meet with you. We want to share what you're showing us in our life. We want to be a mirror of Christ. And you know what? Sometimes we, we, we miss the mark, but we get back up through the grace of God and keep on pointing to Jesus. Amen? So I want to encourage you guys with that. Through your giving and through your doing, you all make it possible to reach people around the globe. Not just in town, but around the globe. But you know what? Sometimes the hardest one to reach is in your family. Sometimes the hardest one to reach is in the mirror. So today I want, to hear about, I want you to hear about the love of Christ, the, the, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. And we're going to roll on in with that. So as we, we come through some of these things here, I thought, man, what is it, Lord, that you want to show us this week? Many of us in the last, last few weeks and months have had some really painful losses. And not only that, loss is something that everybody deals with differently. But I will tell you this, that God is always there for you in every stage of that. When we think about loss, sometimes we think it's, it's you know, it's, um, most of the time you think about it's death. And we've seen a lot of that. But I'm here to tell you it's more than that. Sometimes it's death of a, of a relationship. Sometimes it's death of a, of, of a friendship. Sometimes it's death of a, of a job, a loss of, of, of a job, a loss of a trust, a loss of a lot of things. So how do we deal with that? Where do we go when we feel like some of the things that we thought were concrete in our life are stripped away? We go back to the one that never leaves us and never forsakes us. His name is Jesus. And while we walk through that, and I know it's surely painful in a lot of situations, I pray that God will bring so much more out of this message than what man could ever do. My prayer every week is, Lord, work through me. Lord, work through the time that we're here together to impact lives for the kingdom. And so many times we look around and, and we think, wow. I hear people say, man, buddy, you preaching to me today. No, I'm actually going to tell you, I'm preaching to me today. I'm preaching to me every day because you know what? It's got to start here too. And you can't pour out what you don't pour in. And so I want to tell you that I've been diligently seeking the Lord about, Lord, how do we bring joy into the lives of our, our church family, into the lives of those that may be watching, into, into our community and the thing is this, our deep-rooted joy is always found in Jesus. Because we know happenings, uh, or happiness is found in happenings, right? I mean, you get the job, man, woo, I'm happy. You lose the job, I ain't so happy, right? 
So it's up and down, you know. Hey, man, uh, you know, got the phone number from that young lady I've been talking to or whatever the case and all this. Hey, I got an A on my test. Hey, you know, hey, I got the car. I got the loan approved. All these things, man. You know, there, there's, there's different things that are, that, that are great. They're part of life. And, and we get happy when we see these things. But what happens when they're stripped away? What happens when the storm comes in? How do we respond? And today, through God's word and God's promises, I want to give us the platform and the foundation to live our life through loss while we're going through life and experience the love of Christ. Amen. So if you got your Bibles with you today, I've got most of the, the scriptures on the, on the screen here, but I always encourage you to bring your, your Bible. But what happens is this. As we build up on the word of God, we can pull from that treasury of God's word. Amen. So take a look at this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. How many people have heard that before? How many people have read that before, stood on that before, and now we're back here again, right? That's a great platform for us to build on. I know in my life, I used to think, man, if I make them, I can solve them. I found out I can make a whole lot more problems than I can solve. Can I get an amen, somebody? Oh, yeah, you know, because I, growing up in, in, in the time I was growing up, man, you know what you're, man, you just handle it. You just suck it up, boy. You just got to go, you know, put that bone back in there. You don't want to be crying there. It's all right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Now it's like, wow, what's going on? But what I found out is being humble doesn't make you weak. Being humble puts, puts God in the center where he belongs in the first place. And we realize, I can't do it all. God doesn't expect us to do it all. That's why he sent Jesus. So this morning, I hope you guys are encouraged that we can trust in the Lord with all our hearts. And it's a daily, daily thing. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, let's talk about loss just a little bit. And I said it comes in all shapes and sizes. And I want to read our first part of a verse again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, a lot of times when we go through loss, and, and, and I've sat with families in a lot of different situations. You know, when, when you first start getting into the ministry, you think, okay, you know, I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. Woo, it's going to be great. And it is. And then you realize, you know, you're going to have to sit with some families and, that are going through some difficult times. <coughs> but the message is still the same. Our hope is in Jesus. I don't believe any school or anything else can prepare you for some of the things that you will run into in life, I think education is great, everything else. But I'm going to tell you what, revelation that we get from Holy Spirit on when to listen and when not to speak has proved to be a really, really great gift. When the child dies, when the husband leaves, when the job doesn't work out, when you don't even understand how to put the, the pieces back together, the answer is still the same. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And man, that's where the faith comes in. I don't know about you. Have you ever been in a place in your life you can go, Lord, if you don't fix this, nobody can. Amen? I know I have. And I found as that's one of the most uncomfortable spots, but it, I'm not saying it ain't the best spot. I believe maybe it is the best spot sometimes. Because what it does, it realizes, I start to realize in that moment, Lord, it's all about you, and I need you. I can't fix it. I can't undo it. I can't play the woulda, shoulda, coulda game. I was telling a friend of mine today, I say it often, there's a reason why that windshield is bigger than the rear view. We've got to move forward. 
Now, I'm not saying that the rearview mirror is not important. Every now and then we need to glimpse and see where God has carried us through. Amen? And I think that's a great gain when we do that. But all through life and all through different things, we see that we must trust. How many people thought that their car was going to start this morning? Right? You just trusted in that. How many people still work? Still in the workforce? All right, now whether they play you once a week or every two weeks or once a month, you don't go by if you get paid every Friday. You don't go by on Wednesday. Go, hey, uh, hey, everything cool? You're going to pay me right on Friday, right? Hey, uh, you know, it's Thursday at lunchtime. You still, the money's still coming in, right? You don't do that. You trust that. So you think, man, I don't have much faith. You got more faith than you, you think you do already because you're trusted in man. You're trusted in, in, in the cars. You're trusted in everything else. How much more can we rest in that of the Lord? You see where I'm going with this? We think, oh, I don't have much faith. I don't have much faith. Well, let me tell you what. He said, if you got the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Let me tell you what. God has been so gracious in my life. Can I get an amen? Anybody? Has he been gracious in your life? Look at that. Just look back. And that's when I like looking at the rearview mirror to say, man, Lord, you pulled me through this. And so when I do look back there, I take a minute and I go, Lord, you pulled me through this. So I know you got me here. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's always there for us. And you see, all throughout the Bible, folks had to trust God through their loss. Let's just run down a couple of folks that might have had to trust God. What about Mary and Joseph? Uh, that, that, that's a good start right there, thinking about trusting God. Man, God can turn our pain into something so precious and so purposeful, we never even knew how he could use that. Think about that. Here's Mary getting ready to get married. And Joseph comes in, Joseph, I, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> Say, what? I don't know what they were saying back then, but it's probably real close to that. What? <laughs> wow. You know? But you know what? God interceded the whole way. The virgin birth. The, the peace that came to Joseph. Because doesn't the Bible talk about it? He said, hey, you know what? He was just going to walk away, divorce his wife, and keep on going. But what we thought might have been lost, God turned into the greatest gain ever for mankind, Jesus, coming to live and die for us, sinless. What else? Let's move on. Anybody, anybody relating to that? How about Moses? You know, think about Moses' life. I thought about that. Uh, 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 lots of, of lifetime memories we could see through this thing, man. I mean, he, he's pushed downstream, hands, handed over to the Pharaoh's uh, daughter. But basically, I, I wrote this down. I said, he went from the puddle to the palace. You're thinking, how in the world can anything good out of this come? But God was in control. God was working all things together for the good. Well, you think, well, man, he's in the palace, everything's good. Then he gets cast out to the desert. But later God brings him back as the deliverer for his people. If you're in that desert, if you're in that puddle today, let me tell you what, God's got a plan. Amen. You don't have to stay there. He's going to pull you through. He is the lifesaver. He is the author and finisher of our, our faith. We can keep on trusting in him. Can I get somebody to say amen? Do you believe that today? I want you to be encouraged in the Lord because let me tell you, everybody's got a storm in life. Everybody's got a storm in life. And guess what? I, I'm not being doom and gloom. Actually, this is going to be a really uplifting message, I pray. If you're not in the storm, it's probably coming. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. No. I'm just, but, but you know what? Anybody over 50 years old in here, if you want to just raise your hand a little bit like that? Am I telling the truth? <laughs> I guarantee you, if you live, you live at least that much, yeah, some people are going like that. Yeah, the ladies are going like this and the guys are going like this. Yes, yes. 
But you know, look how God used the life of Moses. I remember when the Lord called me to speak, and many of you have heard this, I'm thinking, Lord, I wouldn't pick me. And the Lord instructed me as in my prayer time to go back through the Bible and look who I used. And I remember going looking, I'm thinking, Moses. I found out Moses didn't speak too good. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a whole bunch of things I'm going through there. I was like, look at David, he blew it. Look at this one, blew it. Look at Peter and Paul. I thought, God, I'm your man. I'm just as messed up as they are. If you can use them, use me. I ain't too busy. But I also found something about this. We can get busy and think that it's a blessing. We need to be listening to the God thing. We used to say this in ministry when we first going. There's a lot of good things. We used to say good thing, good thing, God thing. What that means is there's a lot of good things that we can be involved in, but we want to be in the God thing. We want to be in the best thing. So we have to seek after the Lord. Say, Lord, what is it that you want us to do? How do you want us to move forward in these areas? How do you want us to, to, to be a part of growing the kingdom? Look at this. What about Ruth? Everything stripped away. She had a choice. We all have a choice. We all come to a turning point. We've got a choice. Today, you're going to be brought to a point of decision. Will you trust him or not? Will you walk with him or not? It's a daily deal. It's a, it's a daily decision. But once you make that decision, you know what? It's really make that decision, then you manage the decision. Anything, I had the privilege of speaking this year to the class of 2019. And one of the things I told them is this. Seek God about the vision that he has placed in your life. And once God gives you the clear vision, this is going to help somebody. Anything that comes in between you and that vision that's going to distract you, step away. Keep moving forward. Because there's always going to be things that the enemy tries to put in there to kill, steal, and destroy, right? He didn't come to just bruise you. He wants to take you out. And that's why it's so important as we come together to trust in the Lord. Did I say it was easy? No. A friend of mine buried his, uh, buried his son just a few weeks ago. And that night, my friend takes a fall. Within 24 hours of burying his son, he's paralyzed. But praise God, he's doing better all the time. If you're watching James, I'm going to try to come by and see you today, brother. But he's not giving up. He's keeping his eyes on the Lord, and we're praying for him. Man, nobody could have saw that hand dealt to him coming. Many folks sitting here today, we didn't see the hand that was going to be dealt to us. But you know what? God is able to take those hands and take our hands and our prayers and our ears and our mouth and our resources to make a difference every day in the kingdom of God. Every day. And I know this. We're willing we're willing to do that. Let's keep on moving and keep on going. Come on in, brother. I've been looking for you. Yes, you did. <laughs> I love it. Come on in. Grab your seat. What about this? How about David? I talked about him a little bit. David, man, right from the beginning, I thought about this. David was passed over by his father. And he set, was set on the run from King Saul for years, man. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? You come into place and, and they say, you know what? Miss Gracie, we're going to make you the, the, the princess of, of Bacosin. <laughs> and now she is, right? <laughs> well, think about it. They tell you that when you're about 15 years old and you go, woo, that's going to be wonderful. That's going to be wonderful. But then the next 15 years, you're running and doubting and ducking and everything else. That's a long haul, isn't it? But he came through. Let's jump back to David. They told him that a young man, they bring all the, all the men in. And they're asking, 
The Lord tells the prophet, hey, look, the next king is going to be from your family. So they brought the guy in with a nice chin, nice haircut, the strong strapping guys and everything else. They bring him in and he goes, no, that's not him. Goes through all of them, everything else. Do you got any more? And he goes, can you imagine? We, we got a guy out there singing to the sheep. Uh, I'm not leaving and we're not eating until we see that guy. And when he comes in, the Lord tells the prophet, that's my guy. Man, aren't you thankful that God doesn't have to have us all cleaned up and spit shine and everything to use, that he will use our life right where we are? I'm thankful for that because I'm going to tell you what, that'd be a whole lot of spit shining on me, a whole lot. That'd be buffing, grinding, and sucking, and doing everything else. But I'm going to tell you what, God is good. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to forget that point, are you? <laughs> let's keep on rolling. Who else we got? What about Joseph? Let's just call it like it is, the spoiled little brat Joseph. Y'all remember the story? Look at Dad. Daddy loved me. Daddy loved me. I got a little coat of many colors and everything else. I'm sure that didn't go over real good with his brothers, right? So what do they do? <laughs> they throw him in a hole, leave him for dead, and sell him off. I'm thinking he needs to trust in the Lord with all his heart, right? But it keeps going and unfolding. The reason I'm bringing this up, because that's real life stuff. The Bible's true. Just because it's old don't mean it's true, not true, right? Matter of fact, I think all the more reason to believe as we unpack the, the things of the Lord. Well, you know, I had to get to the main deal. What about Jesus? Think about that. Jesus leaves heaven sold out, spit on, beaten, crucified, and killed and buried. But God was watching the whole time. God had his master plan set in motion. God is willing, willing to heal your loss. He is able to bring life back to the areas of your life that you thought could never be resurrected again. That's the message today. So many folks going through so many things. Yesterday, I had the privilege. met my new friend right here, Mr. Mugler. One of, one of our friends in the area had, had lost his life um, unexpectedly, 56 years old. And during that time, I got to see so many folks come together, remembering their friend, the impact he had on their life. That's powerful. Through loss, you can still have life. Amen. You can still have life. And that's what I got to see yesterday. When we did the celebration of life for our friend, Herb, I couldn't believe the amount of people that were coming. Herb loved to ride some motorcycles and boats and things like that. And they began to bring the motorcycles in and the motorcycles in and the motorcycles in and the motorcycles. At one count, I heard over 160 motorcycles, and I think they're being, they're, they're being moderate on that. They just kept coming and coming and coming. And so many people would share about how one man's life impacted their life so much. How is God using your life to impact the area, your family, your school, your job, your folks in the, in the, in the line at the grocery store? How is God using your life in a mighty way? Is it obvious that you're trusting in the Lord and when God says go, we go? When God says give, we give. When God gives us a nudge, we walk forward or we stop or we listen? You know what I say this many times. I said it yesterday, and you guys heard it many times. Another way to spell love is T-I-M-E. What gets your time has got your heart. I can promise you that. I know with my little granddaughter now, all I want is more time with her. And I think about that. I love my kids, 
and I love my little grandbaby. And I think, wow, I'm just getting a glimpse of how much God loves us. I mean, that's how much he loves us. He just loves us. He laid down his life. He left the splendors of heaven to go through this, this, this world so he could save us. And see, in the end, we get all the treasures with Christ when we put our faith and trust in him. In the end, you know what he gets? He gets us. Wow. It, on the surface, it doesn't seem like it's a real good trade for him. But he sees what you can be. He sees what you're worth. If you ever feel like you're worthless, you had not looked to the cross too good. Reconsider when you get down, when you feel like nothing's going right, when you think, think you can't get it right, that you're a nobody, you're a somebody to Jesus, amen. And God will put people in your life to remind you, because I'm going to remind you right now, you are somebody to Christ. That means you're somebody to us. That's the deal right there. Man, Lord, give us the eyes of Christ to look at people's life. You know, a lot of times people want to look at the way somebody dresses, the way somebody does, the way somebody does this. Man, let me tell you what. That's window dressing. That's what grandmama always said. That's just window dressing. God sees the heart. God sees the heart. He sees the struggle. He sees the good in the midst of the storm. He wants us to be one of those gold miners to help pull it out. Encourage folks. Look at this. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Notice it didn't say he will make your path easy. <laughs> you will have some speed bumps in your life. You will have some bumps and bruises and setbacks. But the good news is this. He will take those, those things in our life and use them. I didn't say cause them. And use them to make us stronger. To help us help others when they go through a time as that. It's kind of hard to talk to somebody about something if you really haven't been through it. One thing I learned real quick in ministry, when somebody was going through something, I didn't say, well, I know exactly what you mean. I don't know. I'm so sorry. And I keep pointing them back to Jesus. Lord, how, how do you, do you want to use my life to help people? As much as it is a blessing at times, it's tough to sit with somebody getting ready to leave this world. And through 21 years, I've sat with quite a few people, not just my family, but my friends and friends of friends. I remember one night I was sitting with a guy. And I said, brother, you're the teacher now, not me. How can you teach me something from what you're going through so I can help somebody else? You know, I begin to ask that question to people when I sat with them during these, these last moments. They didn't ask for the trophies. They didn't ask for the bank account. They didn't ask for, for any, any of those things. Most of them felt like they met, had, had lost a lot of time. I want to say it on stupid stuff. On silly stuff. Majoring on, on the minors instead of majoring on the majors. It doesn't matter if there's too much gravy on the mashed potatoes. It's okay. You don't have to get all wrapped around the wheel. Man. Good friend of mine, all he wanted to do is share more about what God had done in his life. Man, that's a heart after God. It wasn't like, oh, okay, I need to do this and that. And, and, and I want, if you listen to we're not talking about working our way to heaven. It's by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift to God. It's totally completed on the cross. You just got to receive it by faith, amen? That's why we say hallelujah 
and praise God for the life of Christ. But as we go through that, I remember talking to my friend. I'm going to be honest with you. I listened to it the other week. I asked my buddy, I said, look, man, can I record it? He said, you do whatever you want to do. That'll help you help somebody else. It's been months since I listened to that. It's probably been over a year since he's been gone. But I clipped that on and I said, man, I'll never forget that. And in between the struggle of the pain and everything else, there was still peace in that man's life because he knew the Lord. And there was an urgency in his life for us to keep moving forward because God's got it, amen? Keep on going. Keep on pushing. Keep on going. I'm so grateful. As much as it hurt my heart to be there, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world at that minute. Because you know what? I had the privilege to see someone that loved the Lord display the Lord so well. Lord, I pray that I finish the race anything close to that. Amen? And you know how you finish a race like that? By, by feeding on this daily. Celebrating what God has done in your life each day. Realizing that, 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 that happiness is, is found in happenings, but joy is found in a deep-rooted relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Look at this here. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will add length to your days, years and peace to your life. Man. God's word gives us direction. God's word gives us hope. It gives us peace. And I say, yes, peace. Seeing and knowing the Lord lets us rest in the backdrop of eternal life. When I talk to, especially young folks, I'm not coming down on them, not all of them, but a lot of times they're just thinking about today. I was that guy, just thinking about today, thinking about today. Now, I, I often think about, what was I thinking before I started seeking after the Lord? I'll tell you real fast. More money, bigger house, faster car. Deeper swimming pool. That was it. Pretty much never satisfied only for a season with what God had blessed me with. I'm just being honest. Because the time I got it home and got it out of the box, so to speak, I was looking at the next new thing. See, in life without Christ, you will always be chasing the next shiny and new thing, right? When you really have the greatest thing right available to you. It's a relationship with the Lord. It's a relationship with God. And also what we find is this. I don't know about you. The more, as time goes by, I'm not against stuff. But my stuff means a whole lot less to me than it used to. I'm going to take care of it. I'm grateful for what the Lord's blessed me with. But I'm going to tell you what. I wouldn't train none of it for a minute with my granddaughter. You know, I, I would take that minute with my granddaughter over anything. Anything with my dad. Anything within any, any of that. Man. The other day, I called my mom. I said, what's going on, mom? She said, the AC's not working. I told y'all this a couple weeks ago, but I'm just being transparent. So it's like 930 at night. See, see this is something when you're 90 years old and the button goes off, it's not just go push the button. It's different. That's not normal. So, so, so you got to do the deal. And I said, it's getting, I don't know, it's close to 10 o'clock. And I was like, okay, okay. I said, I'll be right over there. And on the way, I was like, man, I'm thinking, 
if, how can I uh, uh, show her how to push this button over the phone and this and that? Kind of complaining. Not really complaining, but I guess it is complaining because I do whatever for my mama. And, and I, I uh, missed a text from my buddy. And I said, well, I'll call him back. He's probably up anyway. I called him. I said, yeah, yeah man, I got to go over here and turn on the AC for Ruthie, baby. He said, yeah, that's your mom. I said, she's doing good. I said, man, I was, I was almost asleep. Man, I got church in the morning. Sounded like it whining a little bit, didn't it? And my buddy brought me back to center line real quick. He said, I tell you what there, big boy. I'd give anything to go across town to turn my mama's AC on. She'd been gone 10 years. And in that instant, I said, Lord, forgive me. But see, we get wrapped up in the stuff. We get wrapped up in the thing. We get wrapped up. I got to do this. I got to do this. Man, you know what? I'm grateful that I can do that. But we go back to God's word. Think about this. Are we really leaning on the teaching of the Lord? Are we, are we doing our best to keep his commandments? Are we following in the footsteps of the Lord? And I, I had a few things I'm just going to read right here. I said, you know, this is off the backdrop of, the, of, of eternal life. I said, that produces hope. We have favor and forgiveness. And I said, let me ask you a question. Are you forgetting this teaching? Has your life gotten so bogged down with tasks and deadlines that it's become just dead to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? I'm preaching to me right now, amen? And speaking of the promptings, I just want to say, man, last Tuesday night was awesome. We, we, were, we were learning about generosity. Let me tell you how promptings can, can change a nation, change your life. It could change your spiritual destination and those people that you're in contact with. We were sharing a few things on Tuesday nights, and we've been doing a study of uh, Dr. Dave Jeremiah, and he had shared a few things in a, in a video clip. And he talked about an older gentleman that was a shoeshine man. Now, a lot of folks are getting a whole lot of shoeshine these days, but at this time of the story, they were talking about a man that, that was shining shoes in this big building, and uh, he did that for years. And later on, they found out that every tip that the man got, he put to the side. He put to the side. He put to the side. And the Lord had prompted him to give to this specific ministry. I can't remember what it was. In the time that that man had done that for 30 or 40, 50 years, whatever, it was a long time. He had given over $270,000 to the cause of Christ. Wow. See, we think we got to do something big to be obedient. The truth is, if you're obedient in the small things, then God will entrust you more with the bigger things. Somebody say amen. That's what I'm learning right there. We want to say, oh, look what I'm doing. Oh, it's such a sacrifice. You know what? Just be obedient with the small things, and God will show you. God will keep working in those things. And that was a great example. So here's the thing. You know, he wants us to use your life for the cause of Christ. It takes time. It takes action. It takes compassion. But it's worth it. I put it in, I said, friend, I've been through a lot of different things I've seen that God do, and it always amazes me how God can take something so small and make it so grand. Isn't that something? Who would have thought? Who would have thought in my life that a man on his deathbed could speak into my life, 
Ask me to keep the promise. God's going to take the song, keep the promise, turn it into a full-blown ministry. 21 years later, we're seeing people getting saved all through this time. God's using all you guys. God's using the ministry to, to reach people around the globe. But not only that, next door. See, I think it's got to start here. You know, you don't have to go all the way around the world to reach somebody for Jesus. You might just need to open your door and say, hey, you want to come to church? Right? Be inviting. Be a mirror of Christ. You know, I, I've heard this. How many of y'all y'all have invited somebody to church and said, well, I'd like to go, but I believe the church will fall down on me. Anybody ever heard that? All right. How many people use that? I'm the only one. We're praying for Pastor Buddy today. Yes, indeed. Because I didn't grow up in the church. My neighbor would ask me all the time, you want to go to church? Oh, no, that's my only day off. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, hey, hey, uh, you sure you don't want to go? We got a little church dinner. Oh, no, no, that place probably burned down if I go in there. You know? We come up with some lame excuses, don't we? Why don't I just say, no, I ain't got time for that because I'm doing what I want to do. That would have probably been more like it, right? I'm just being honest. I'm just going to do what I want to do. That's fine. That's good. That's good. Okay, yeah, whatever. And then later on, when I, if I get sick or get old or get ever in a bad spot, I'll just call out on the Lord. I don't think that's good theology at all. <laughs> Amen. But, but it's, it's what we do many times. Lord, thank you for the grace of, of nurturing and using people in my life to draw me closer to you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Look at this. I believe everybody has a platform. You say, what do you mean? I'm not talking about just standing up preaching and stuff like that. But your life is preaching one way or one message or another every day you go through it. You know that? How you handle kids at school. How you, how you deal with people on the job. How, how, you, how you drive. Everybody say that? You ever seen like beep, 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 beep. And it ain't even changed all that. I was like, my goodness. You know? I'm still texting. No, I'm teasing that. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh there <laughs> at the light. No, but you know what? We can use the platform that God puts in our life, whatever it is. Because I'm going to tell you what, the opportunities that God placed before you are ones that he knows that he will instruct and give you power and wisdom and favor as we lean on him. I know from knowing so many of the folks in here and talking on a personal level how God has used you guys so, so greatly. It's amazing. How does it feel to be used by God? Pretty good, isn't it? It's priceless. But you know what? To be used by God, we got to get out of the weights sometimes so we can be used by God. I wrote this down. I said, your loss, your life, and your love can be used as a platform for the cause of Christ. You ever thought about that? How in the world could God use that? How in the world could God use that? Yesterday, I spoke to probably over 200-some people. Guess what? I knew most of them. You know how I knew most of them? From playing music and riding motorcycles. That's great. Something that you may do. Something that she may do. God knows the, the whole picture. I call it spokes in the wheel for Jesus. If we keep him in the center, he will pull you into those situations so that God can be glorified through your life. Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to step out? And sometimes it's not even that big a step. Sometimes it's just saying, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, you know what I found in my life? 
I've, I pretty much have done everything in my life pretty much backwards. I could play the guitar, play about 10 songs, couldn't tune it. You know, most people tune the guitar. It was close. I just kept bending it until it fit, you know. In ministry, I try to figure it out on my own, everything else. And then I thought, well, Lord, I'll be your music, man. I can play music. I'll play music for you, Lord. That must be what the Lord wants for me. And one of my friends said, hey, we're doing some street ministry. Why don't we come on down and do some street ministry? I said, I'm not the street ministry guy. I'm the guitar guy. Man, why do we limit what, we, what God has done, wants to do in our life? See, I was limiting. I didn't want to step out the box. I was like, okay, I'll play guitar for you, Jesus, but I ain't saying nothing. I'm not saying anything. You're looking at a guy that got sick every day before school till he graduated. Thank the Lord I got out then. But you can't shut me up now because I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus, right? And that's what's so funny when people say they go, man, that's crazy, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, because God loves us and God loves you. You know what? It's so amazing that, you know, sometimes you'll be surprised who people, the people that you meet that are up for prayer. We think, well, I don't want to pray for them. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass them. I don't, I don't want to do. This. Man, I tell you what. Yesterday I was at, at that cookout after Herb's uh, celebration. Life. Man, I got to pray for people. I got to pray over the food. I got to hear more stories about our brother. I got to hear all types of stuff. Got to invite people to church. All these different things, man, because of one man's life touched so many people. But I want to be obedient when God touches my life and use my platform for the cause of Christ. Amen. That's not just a preacher thing. That should be a Christian thing. That should be a believer's voice right there to be a part of that and getting the word out. And everybody can do it different. Hey, if you're a good baker, bake for Jesus. You know, if you, if you cut grass, cut grass for Jesus. I don't I mean, whatever it is. But you know what? God will use what he's placed in you as a platform to talk to others. Talk about that. I got a buddy of mine. He's a real handy guy. Thank the Lord for him because I am not, as y'all know. Whew. I go back to that dishwasher. I ordered the same part five times. Hallelujah, we got it fixed. Man, that was rough. That's another story. That's a, that was a prayer request for a couple of weeks, right? But I got a friend of mine. He didn't make a whole lot of noise. But man, he's your go-to guy. I could call him and say, man, I need some help with this. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. And I've seen him take calls day after day, week after week, in his heart. Is helping seniors. He said, I can't stand to think somebody would rip them off. After all they've done and all they've given and all that to set the platform for us to do things, platform, I just want to be available. Wow. See, God's touched his heart to use his gift for others. What gift has God placed in you that you can use for others? Some pray, some stay, some give, some go, some listen. But whatever it is, I know that God can use us in a mighty way. To change somebody's whole life, their spiritual destination. And in life, we see a lot of different things. We see good times. We see bad times. We see all these different things. We see great loss. But also, we can see great love. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because we are going to experience loss in life. It's just part of life. My dad used to tell me, he said, son, death is just part of life. I said, but it's painful. He said, I know it is. My first experience with death was my granddad, my hero boy. My granddad at 74 could still hit the baseball further than anybody in my mind. He was still riding the bikes. He was playing Frisbee. He was taking us fishing. 
Never had a problem with my granddad unless I messed with the TV. Then we had a problem. Because if he got, if, if that little, the, the, those little rabbit ears, and he couldn't get Johnny Carson that night, it was Buddy Lee been messing with that thing. And I saw him over there. I didn't do it. And my grandma, I learned about intercession. My grandma said, no, he didn't mess with it. I was over there cleaning. Thanks, Grams, for taking the hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? The love. And I remember my dad sharing some stuff with me. And he said, son, this is the way life usually works. He said, people will come around and they would spend some time with your grandmother and say that they're sorry and everything else. And then a week will go by and there'll be less people come by. And then a month will go by and you might get a phone call. And then two months will go by and you'll see very little people come by. He said, it's just life. He said, but we will be here. He taught me about sacrifice. He taught me about family. And he was teaching me about love. It wasn't that they didn't love my grandma. But life keeps moving on. But you know what? Family pulls together. I learned something else. Family doesn't have to be blood, friends. Family doesn't have to be blood. I got friends and family in his room and people that are listening here that, man, I, I, I just love them to pieces. Also, something else my dad told me. He said, hey, at the end of this thing, if you got two or three good friends, you have been a blessed man. Wow. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I think I've done a little bit better than that. By God's grace, God has blessed me with some amazing family and amazing friends. And my prayer is to be that in return to them. But sometimes it takes sacrifice. Sometimes you've got to show them the love, right? What is the cause of Christ? I say it's the gospel. Let's take a look at this. The cause of Christ is much more important than any other cause. Others are called to participate in the cause of Christ, knowing others need the good news of Jesus. Despite the possibility of persecution, all Christians should be serving the cause of Christ. We talk about the Great Commission, Matthew 28. I'll just read it for you right here. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's not a suggestion. It's not just for the preacher. It's for the body of Christ to share the gospel message, to encourage folks in the Lord, to help them grow in their relationship with the Lord. That's what I pray we do. That's why we do Tuesday nights. That's why we call folks. That's why we pray for folks. That's why we get out and, and, and do our, our, our share of witnessing through our life out in the, in, in, the, in the highways and the byways and our job and in school or whatever it may be. But that's the whole deal. God is counting on us. I mentioned it the other day. If we just got saved and he didn't have a job for us, then why did he keep us here? Jesus, come into my life. I believe you're the son of God. I'm turning from my sin. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I am trusting you, Lord, for eternity to be my savior. Poof. That work's done in the heart, but there's work to do in the field. And that's why he's keeping us here, amen? There's work to do in the field. Are you ready for the great harvest? Hey, God's gonna bring it forth, but God is gonna use us to put that seed out there. He's gonna use us. Look at this. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Never let loving devotion or faithfulness leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Mm -mm -mm. Isn't that something? 
It says, never let love and devotion or faithfulness leave you. Have you seen that played out in others' lives? What you see nowadays a lot of times, I'm not happy, I'm out. I don't want to play no more. It's uncomfortable. The risk is not great. You know, it's, it's too great. I, I don't want to play no more. But then you find some folks that stick it out. Whatever it is. The project at work, man, it's going down. I'm getting out of this thing. Well, maybe somebody says, hey, you know what? I, I think we can make this work. What about that? How about to the, to the son that's still running wild and everything else, and they go, I'm done with them. I do believe there's a thing called tough love. You do what you can. But ultimately, listen to me, ultimately, they have a choice. I've had it in my family. I've seen it with my friends with different things, with, with drugs and alcohol and, and anything else in between. Just being real transparent. We come alongside. We love on them. We try to give them the tools. And it rips our heart out when they choose different. But you know what? Don't we do the same thing to God? He gives us all these opportunities and we go, no, I'll just go ahead and do it my way. But God is full of grace and God is full of mercy and God is willing for us to come back anytime. How many know sooner is better? I don't know how much more sand is in my hourglass. I say that all the time, but man, I want to use every grain. How about y'all? I want to use every grain. Preach a lot of funerals. I say that a lot. I'll just be honest. You think about, hmm, I wonder if I would have the impact on lives like I saw yesterday. I wonder if I would have the impact on lives like I seen in a friend or a family or something like that. You don't start leaving a legacy on your deathbed. You start leaving a legacy today by what you do, what you say, how you respond, how you reflect the Lord. How many people want to leave a great legacy? I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about a shrine. I'm talking about, man, I want, to, I want people to say, that guy was all about sharing Jesus. That guy, it hurt his heart when people didn't know Jesus. See, I'll go back to yesterday. You can see it had a big impact on my life. When I see over 200 some people there and I want to share the gospel message, I want them to get it. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Lord, use that message. Use this time. Because I know a lot of times when we go to funerals, right? The folks that will go to funerals will never step in a church. So that is a platform. Not to beat them up, to lift them up. To tell them the good news. To tell them what's available. That's available to, to tell them what they're worth through the eyes of Christ. To tell them what Jesus did for them. That Jesus came to pay their sin debt in full. That Jesus died on the cross because there was a sacrifice needed for the sin of man. Amen. And that sin was nothing but perfection. And it had to be Jesus. He came. I say it all the time. Man, your job cannot take away your sin. Your bank account cannot take away your sin. Your status cannot take away your sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. But you know what? We like to keep the Bible shut and we don't want to uh, we don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to step across the line. I'm gonna tell you what. Thank God somebody stepped across the line to tell me. Thank the Lord somebody was bold enough. And here's the thing in my life, and I don't know if it resonates with you, it wasn't that I didn't know God. I didn't know God. Does that make any sense? 
it wasn't that I didn't believe there was God. I just didn't know him. I didn't understand. But man, when I finally got that touch and that understanding of that my sin separates me from God, and the only remedy for that is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it became very evident and very clear I needed Jesus now, today, right here, right now. It might be somebody listening. It might be you right here, right now, today. It might be somebody in here listening. It might be you right here, right now, today. Move on that prompt in the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about mumbling words. I'm not talking about, yeah, I went to the church. I'm talking about come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Let's keep on moving here. If we bring this back home, I want to share a few things here. I'm going to read this scripture again. I pray that it takes a new depth in your spirit from what was shared today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Man. I read this yesterday and I read this many times for my own self but I, I read this yesterday at the graveside. Romans 8.35 Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger and threatened with death? No, as the scriptures say, despite all things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loves us. You might be here today and feel like that, man, I don't see much victory in my life. The biggest victory you will ever have in your life is grabbing hold of this message of the gospel. Gospel means good news. The gospel means good news. That means putting our faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? I could tell you stories all day long. I can make you laugh and everything else. Nothing will change your life other than this message that I'm bringing to you today. Amen. If you don't hear anything else that I say, listen to this message. Lord, help me to make this clear as again. The Bible says in the book of Romans that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I said it yesterday, I said, I didn't have a problem understanding I was a sinner. I needed to know what's the remedy. There's only one remedy. His name is Jesus. He says he's the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. See, when I, when I got a hold of that scripture in my life, I said, thank you, Lord, because if there's any other way, I would mess it up. I'd be trying to find and figure it out. Do I do more? Do I do less? Do I give more? Do I do? It's not about that. He says, I'll take you just the way you are. Isn't that amazing? With all the bumps, bruises, and setbacks and things in our life, God says, you're still working, worth it. Man, that's something else. I'm going to share one more story with you guys. Many of y'all have heard it, but I just thought about my, my puppy dog. All y'all know I love my three-legged dog, Sasha. I never forget about this. Me and Jesse were taking her out, went all the way down to Messick Point, and she was running around. And when she's running at high speed, you can't tell that she's kind of hopping. She's just running. Two guys come out, they were out there and they were drinking a beer and hanging out and they were watching the dog run. It was kind of cold. I had my Harley jacket on and everything else. And the guy goes, hey dude, is that your dog? I go, yeah. And he says, she's only got three legs. <laughs> and it took everything for me to say, what? I was like, what happened? And I said, yeah. 
And the Lord showed me there's a teachable moment in this moment. Me and Jess were out there. And she comes up there. And this one guy's sipping on his beer and he's going, man, you took that dog in. I said, yeah. He said, you took that dog in and it's missing a leg. Man, God bless you. <laughs> I was like, okay. And in that minute, I said, you know what? God takes us in. Limping, lame, stained full of sin and everything else. I said, you know what? I love that dog. And I just used it as a teachable minute. But I said, you know what? God loves you just the way you are. And the man began to cry and he began to pour out his beer. And he started saying, he said, man, you just don't have no idea what's going on in my life. I said, it don't matter. I said, can I pray for you? Yeah. And I had the privilege of talking to those two fellows and seeing them give their life to the Lord. If God can use a three-legged talk to preach the gospel, what could he do in your life? if he'd be willing to stand up and share the greatest message ever. I had no idea that my dog would be the, mess, the next Billy Graham. But I'm going to tell you what, God's using all those things in our life. The very thing that you think that will keep you from being used in the kingdom might just be the very thing that God chooses to use in the kingdom. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for all you do. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters here. And I thank you for those that will be listening today and even later on. I pray that this message of loss and this message of life and this message of love reaches them right where they are today. Lord, I ask you to just work through this message to bring glory to yourself, Lord. Father, I thank you for all you do. And I thank you for the greatest sacrifice that you gave your son. That Jesus left heaven and came to this life, this earth, for one reason, to seek and to save that which was lost. That was us. And because of our sin and because of our rebellion, there had to be a price paid for sin. And that sin was laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And he willingly gave his life and he poured out his blood and gave that great sacrifice. He died and he rose on the third day and he is sitting on the right hand side of God interceding for us. And he tells us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell, damnation. We don't have to go there. We don't have to live in that condemnation we can walk in the joy and Lord I want them to know I'm not saying everything will be perfect in their life they'll never have a, a, a tear shed a life loss or bumps and bruises I'm saying that with you we can have the deep rooted joy we can have eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven forever what must I do to be saved you say believe on the Lord Jesus Christ Lord come into my life just pray it from where you're at, not just words, but by faith. Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I believe you're the Son of God. Father, help me. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I receive your gift of salvation through Jesus Christ today. 
Lord, write my name in the Lamb's book of life and show me how to live the life that is pleasing to you so that others will know the great gift of salvation through Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. If you're listening today, friends, you have any questions about that, drop us a line. We'd be more than happy to, to share uh, in depth anything that you heard today. We love you. We'll see you. And everybody said, amen. amen.